Social Zoom Factor, episode 115. Driving results in business these days takes something special. It's a combination of the right info and the right energy. Pam Moore has both and is here to help you avoid the pitfalls and guide your business and life by leveraging and integrating social media, powerful branding, and digital marketing. Welcome to Social Zoom Factor. Now it's time to live life zoomed. Does your current website or blog got you down? Do you need a better hosting platform to help your business zoom turbo versus speeds that are slow and holding you back? No need to look any further than our partner HostGator. Have an existing site? No worries. They can seamlessly transfer your existing site for free and have you zooming turbo in no time for as little as $4 a month. Check them out at HostGator.com and save 30% on new hosting packages using the coupon code Zoom or simply go to SocialZoomFactor.com slash HostGator. Are you ready to turn your social media management, engagement, and collaboration efforts to turbo? Our new partner, Sprout Social, empowers marketers to engage, measure, and work smarter, not just harder, when it comes to social media. Check them out at www.SproutSocial.com. Hey there, Zoomers, and welcome to Social Zoom Factor. This is your host, Pam Moore. Today, we are talking about communication and language, and I'm just going to say it pretty bluntly. If you are not using social media today, you are creating language barriers with your audience. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it again. If you are not using social media today, you are creating language barriers with your audience. You know what that means? You're making it difficult for them to communicate with you. And what happens when you put up a barrier? Think about this in real life. What happens when somebody puts up a barrier? If you were trying to go somewhere, if you're trying to do something, if you're trying to communicate with somebody and a hand goes up and they say, you know what? Talk to the elbow because you ain't worth the extension. I'm not going to talk to you or listen to you. How does that make you feel? That probably doesn't make you feel very good. That's what you're doing if you're not using social media. You are creating language barriers with your audience. Why? Because pretty good chance that your audience is already talking about you. Your community of people that know, love, hate, dislike, and can't wait to consume your brand are likely talking about you. They're asking their friends about you. The friends that know about you are telling them what they think about you and your brand. So by choosing to ignore social is not going to help you better your reputation because the problem may already be there and people are talking about it. And on the flip side, you need to know what's happening because what if there is a whole bunch of good things also being said about your brand and you're missing out on that conversation? So whether it's good or whether it's bad, if it's bad, you can help make it better and you can learn from that and you can improve your customer satisfaction. Take that feedback back to your product development. Use those insights to better your brand. And if it's positive things that are already being said, then you can be utilizing those 
dollars. You can be building relationships. You can be nurturing communities. You can be earning trust and credibility and establishing relationships where you have loyal brand evangelists that are going to shout about you from the mountaintop. So to prove this point today, what I'm going to do is talk about a handful of brands, some that are doing it right and some that are doing it wrong. And I have some very solid case studies on both sides. So I want to share with you some recent examples, and I always believe in putting the bad before the good. So we're going to start with three different case studies around brands that are doing this absolutely wrong, in my opinion. And then we're going to talk about four or five that are doing it right. And then I'm going to point you to some more resources where you can check out the exact things that they are doing and some case studies that we've done in the past. The first example we have is the CBS Undercover Boss TV show. And it's somewhat of a reality show, but a tape show. So if you haven't seen it, basically, CBS goes undercover and they take a CEO of an organization. And a lot of times these are franchise organizations or multi-site organizations, and they dress up the CEO in a disguise. And then he he or she goes out in the field and works inside the business and acts like he's a hired employee so he or she can see what's happening with the business and they can truly get their hands into the business and see the bad and the good. And usually it's a pretty heartwarming show. It's one of those shows that is in the past been very family friendly. And, you know, we all sit around on a Sunday night whenever it is and watch it and have tears in our eyes and see all the wonderful people in this world and companies that are doing great things for their employees. Well, I don't remember when it was a couple months ago and I covered this in episode 89. You can check it out. They had an absolutely terrible episode and it involved a bikini bar and it was bad. I mean, it was the CEO was a total chauvinist. And I mean, he gave out a free boob job to somebody, uh, even though they had basically almost walked out on the job. He fired another girl because she refused to wear a bikini. It was bad. And as a result, there was a huge firestorm out on Twitter. There were people just off the handle about the show and the content. And they were tweeting it. They were Facebooking. They were using the hashtag undercover boss. And unfortunately, CBS, nor anybody from the Undercover Boss show, nor anybody from the bikini restaurant slash bar replied. And I couldn't believe it. And it takes a lot for me to go to Twitter to complain. Something has to really be bothering me. And usually when I default to Twitter to raise my opinion to a brand, uh, I'm either really ticked off and I know that's probably the only way I'm going to reach them or two, I've tried other channels and I can't get through to them on any of those other channels. So this situation was that I knew it was probably my only chance of, of having them hear what I had to say. Well, it became really, really obvious that neither CBS nor Undercover Boss could give a rip what anybody thought. They have lost me as a devoted and loyal viewer of their program. I haven't watched it since that show because usually I watch it with my family. And thank goodness that night, my kids, I have an 11 and a 14-year-old, 
thank goodness they were not watching that show with us. I would have had to turn it off. I would have been embarrassed. My mouth, I think, was literally dropping down to the floor that night in shock. Me and my husband could not believe what we were watching. And so I am so disappointed in CBS that they have still not replied to people's concern. And they just went on, you know, that week when people were were tweeting and telling them what they thought and trying to get any type of response. CBS never owned it. The undercover boss team never owned it. You know, in my opinion, they should have just replied. So what happened with this scenario? They put up a barrier. They put up a barrier that said, I don't care what you say. You know, it was what I said earlier. I'm not even going to extend my arm because you are not worth the extension. I am not listening to you. It's like they have their hands in their ears saying, na, 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 na. I don't hear you. That's exactly what they did because I don't see how their social team could not have seen the firestorm that was happening on Twitter. They have to have seen what was happening. And they were replying to positive comments about that show and other shows and mostly other shows at the time. And they were sure communicating with people that had something nice to say, but they chose to ignore the people that had an opinion that they didn't like about that particular episode. Let's move on to example case study number two. This is a brand that I'm currently in communications with and I'm very frustrated and it is Fitbit. So Fitbit has these little watches, uh, devices you can put on your arm that will help track where how many steps you take in a day. So I had one first, the little teeny tiny Fitbit that didn't do much more than track my steps. And so I liked it so much, I decided to upgrade to the Charge HR. And from day one, I had a ton of problems with that little device falling off my wrist. So I kept buckling it back on. And I mean, I would be sitting at my desk and the dang thing would fall off. I wasn't even doing anything active. But I was addicted to this device and I was trying to get it to work. And my wrist is only 5.9 inches around. So it's really small. And I had ordered the device per the specifications that Fitbit told me to order. And they have a measurement and they tell you which device is the right device in size for you to order that will fit your wrist. Well, long story short, I recently went to the Social Media Marketing World event in San Diego. On the way there, my watch, I believe, fell off on a plane. So somewhere between Orlando and San Diego, it fell off. I think it was when I removed my jacket on the plane, although my jacket was only a three-quarter sleeve jacket. It didn't have uh, tight sleeves or anything. There's no reason my watch should have fell off. And uh, any other watch that I have, I have no problem with my watch falling off. I have a, I always use Brighton watches and I have nice watches, but I never have a problem with them falling off. I have a polar heart rate monitor uh, watch that I use constantly for workout. I've had this thing for, I think, two years and I've never had a problem with it falling off or losing it. So I'm pretty hopeful and I jump onto Twitter and I always like to give brands the benefit of the doubt. So I jump onto Twitter and I tweet to Fitbit and say, hey, I've had a problem. Uh, my Fitbit has fallen off once again. I'm, I'm quite disappointed. I'm wondering who I can talk to. I never got a response back from Fitbit at all. So then I start to do some research and I see that loads of people have the same complaint. I then go out to Google and I see massive numbers of complaints. And I know Fitbit has had some problems with their products. I know they had some problems with people getting rashes and those type of things. Well, 
it's quite obvious they have a problem with their buckles, even on the charge HRs that people are saying they are not staying fastened. So I am not the only one. And I wouldn't be surprised if there winds up being some type of class action lawsuit against them because I think there are a lot of frustrated people. So I'm still hopeful. I did not get a response and I was mostly disappointed because they are a very social brand. So even through the event, I'm hoping that they're going to respond to me because if you check out their demographics, okay, their demographics, they are targeting and are able to adopt everything from elementary age kids. My son has a, who's in fifth grade, has a Fitbit all the way up to, you know, our in-laws, my mother and father-in-law would, I'm guarantee they would put one on their wrist if I gave it to them. And I know lots of people, you know, that are senior citizens that are using these things. So all the way from our young children to our grandmas and grandpas, mothers and fathers are using these things. And it's a social audience. So I have loads of friends who are on Facebook. And that's what I was so excited about was being able to compete with them. They have the app that's installed on my iPhone because I'm an Apple fan girl. And I had been starting to compete with my friends and seeing who has the most steps in a day in a week. So by nature, you make this assumption, and I hate to assume things, but that this company is truly social and that they care about their social customers. And there's something about it, isn't there, when a brand is social, that you have an expectation, that you expect them to be social because they're integrating their technologies and their services and their product into social, you would expect that they would communicate with you through social. Okay, so you're enabling my product to communicate with everybody else through Facebook. Why Fitbit are you refusing to communicate with me through Twitter? You're a social company. Tell me how you can help me. And I would have loved to just receive a response from them to say, hey, we, we got your message. We care about you. At least just go to this web form to, to tell us about your problem so we can help you solve it. That would have went a long way with me, just a simple reply, even if it was somewhat of a canned reply. So fast forward to after the event, I finally get around to filling out a web form, find their web contact form after clicking like five, six, seven times on their website, fill out a web form. I immediately get an email back that says, we'll get back to you within two days because they're so busy, probably with complaints. So I finally get a response back. And just email after email, there's been like five or six emails are just a complete waste of my time. Number one, it's been completely canned. Number two, it's obvious they are hodgepodging the email content together. And so you can see like where it's copied and pasted and the fonts are different colors, pound fail. And they also are just not making sense. So they first asked me, what's your email address and how can we verify your account? And then their immediate response was here, just go buy a new Fitbit. So why are you asking me what my email address is so you can find my Fitbit account to just tell me to go buy a new one? So they have not even come close to solving my problem. They have not acknowledged that they have a defective product. They just start keep blaming the fact that I lost my Fitbit. It has nothing to do with losing my Fitbit. It's the fact that the Fitbit would not stay on my wrist and it was the right size. It was something was wrong with it. I could just barely move my hand and the thing would fall off. But to this date, Fitbit has not acknowledged that they have an issue. So that's where we are. And they are putting up language barriers. Their email is nothing but canned and they are refusing to talk to me 
on the social web. So I am very disappointed. And it is a brand that I started out as a true evangelist for. I started out as really advocating for them and helping them and wanting that brand to succeed because I like their product. And I've turned now into a past customer who's very unhappy. And it's not just because of the product. It could be saved with better communication. So I want you to think about that. Even though I'm unhappy with the product, it would be wonderful if they would just reply to me on Twitter and tell me that they care about me, or if they would send me an email and let me know that they care about me, not an email that's hodgepodge together and copied and pasted in so many different ways, it no longer makes sense. Okay, so we don't know how that story is going to turn out. I'll let you know once I know the end of that story. Third and last example I want to share with you in regard to brands who are having some problems with social would be Gold's Gem. And I am a member of Gold's Gem. I've been a member of Gold's Gem for a year. And ever since I joined the one near my house in Florida, I live in Orlando, they have had issues with not just some of their equipment, their free weight equipment, particularly in the group fitness room, but also their spin bikes have been a huge issue. And I am a huge group fitness junkie. So I usually hang out where the spin classes are and where the group fitness classes are. So I tend to see this stuff a lot. And in regard to the spin bikes, they actually have had pedals that have fallen off. One went flying across the room and literally almost hit somebody in the head. Another one, I think the person caught the caught the pedal. But everybody at the gym has been fired up for over a year. The manager there has been telling people a year ago that the bikes were on order and they have not been ordered. And every month they're almost here. They're almost here. Well, now it's been about 15 months. I have tried to call the corporate office. I have tried to email the corporate office. I have literally sat on hold for 30 minutes when calling the corporate office. I have tweeted to the corporate office. And although Gold's Gym has a corporate account and they respond to people who are nice to them and say nice things, they have yet to this day to reply to my tweet at all. They will not acknowledge that it exists. So finally, a week or so ago, I tweeted a picture of one of the weights from the group fitness room. And it was a purple size, eight pound weight with the the plastic stuff, the rubber actually coming off the weight. And the weight is just filthy, rotten, dirty. There has to be so much bacteria on that weight. It is disgusting. And they keep telling us that they're going to get cleaned. And I'm just tired of the franchise not dealing with it and corporate not dealing with it. So I thought maybe, maybe corporate, Gold's Gym will see this tweet and respond. Guess what? Nothing. It has been zero response. So everybody else has responded and there's been all kinds of jokes online about it. People saying, you know, that that uh, weight looks like it came from the year that they were founded. Somebody I don't even know went and looked up the year that they were founded and said it looks like that weight has been there since the year they were founded. So Gold's Gym has completely put up a language barrier in all possible communication mediums. I can't communicate with their office, corporate office. I can't communicate with the franchise and I can't communicate with them on social. How does that make me feel? It makes me feel sad. It makes me feel not valued and it makes me feel like they're putting up a barrier and they don't want to deal with any of the problems that they have. So if you think about the three bad examples I gave you, the CBS undercover boss, the Fitbit and the Gold's Gym, what thing do they all have in common? 
it feels like a barrier, doesn't it? They're all putting up these barriers. And if you think about how it makes me feel, it makes me feel ignored. It makes me feel like a number and it makes me feel like they don't care about me at all. So let's switch gears now. And we're going to talk about some specific examples around brands that are doing it right, brands that are taking down the barriers and leveraging social to better connect and nurture relationships with their community, their customer, their potential customer, and the list goes on. But before we do that, please stay tuned for a word from our sponsors because they are what makes this podcast possible. I'll be right back. Would you like to get your business Zooming Turbo online, but don't know where to start? Is website development not your thing? Check out HostGator.com for all of your hosting needs. They have easy one-click WordPress installs or drag and drop website builders. If you need even more help, their website design, setup, SEO, and even managed services can have you Zooming in no time. We have been hosting our own and client sites at HostGator for years, and I can personally validate that their service by far beats out their competition. With one little tweet, email, or chat conversation, they are there and ready to help you Zoom or resolve any issues that may come up 24-7, 365 days of the year. HostGator has the capacity to grow with you and scale when and how you need them to without headache or costing you a fortune. Check out HostGator.com today and save 30% on new hosting packages with coupon code Zoom or simply go to socialzoomfactor.com slash HostGator. Again, that's social zoomfactor.com slash hostgator. Smart digital marketers know they must proactively discover, inspire, and interact with their customers on social media. Sprout Social puts turbo social marketing power in your hands with a platform that is both powerful and user-friendly. It simply gets out of the way and empowers brands to easily listen, engage, proactively respond, measure, and most importantly, nurture relationships with both new fans and loyal brand evangelists. Sprout Social is a platform that can help you achieve business results. If you want to truly connect with your online community and start streamlining your social engagement, start with a free 30-day trial of Sprout Social today. Check them out at www.sproutsocial.com. Again, that's sproutsocial.com. Time to get back to work. So let's switch gears now and let's talk about a few brands who have made me feel and know that they do care about me. And they have done that by how they service me in real life. And then they've just exponentially made me feel that way by how they communicate with me via social. So instead of putting up a barrier, they're opening a door. So let's talk about Delta Airlines. And I talked about this case study on episode 69 and episode 71, where I talk about how to make your clients virtually smile online and how to make your 
customers feel delighted and inspired. And Delta Airlines absolutely did that on a trip that I went to late last year to Greece. And it was a paid speaking gig and and trip that I went on. And I took my 14-year-old son with me and we just had a blast. And Delta Airlines was a huge reason for that. And we had a multi-leg, I mean, multi-leg flight with a whole day of travel, 24-hour travel period, I think it was, getting to Greece and same thing coming back. And every single touch point along the way was absolutely positive. And Delta just made, it was kind of like they made those travel dreams come true of the old days that it used to be fun to travel. And as fun as it can ever be sitting in a plane for 15 hours, I'll tell you, Delta really made the most of it with us. And there were a couple glitches we ran into uh, along that trip. And Delta was able through their social media channels to help us solve those problems really quickly. They supported me through phone. They supported me through the in-person customer service people. And every communication touch point I had with them was positive. So huge kudos going out to Delta Airlines. And I encourage you to check out those episodes to learn those details. Next airline I want to give some kudos to is United Airlines. And I have been really impressed with some of the human conversations I've had with them, and I encourage you to check them out. But who's ever doing their social listening, I think is doing a really good job because they remember uh, who I am and what we've even talked about in the past. And there's been a couple times that they have remembered what we talked about before. And so not only are they having these fun kind of banter back and forth conversations, and I'm usually sending them a tweet thanking them for my up 40,000 feet Wi-Fi or else I'm complaining about something that's wrong. And whether it's something good or whether I need their help desperately about something, they are responsive. So they're not choosing to just reply to the good stuff. They are just as responsive when I have a negative experience and they are there to help me. And that's the same thing I noticed with Delta Airlines as well. So that's a huge lesson for us, I think. It's not just about replying on the good or the bad. You need to be there for your customers for the good and the bad because both are opportunities for you to nurture that relationship. And if you're there for the good, when things get bad, that customer is going to be able to better handle that problem and know that they're in good hands and they're going to trust you versus if you're only replying to them when things go bad. And you, of course, don't want to ignore when things go bad because then you're putting up a barrier communication. And so that leads us right into HostGator, which I know I've talked about before. But HostGator is a partner of ours as well. And as you know, they are sponsoring our platform now. But that relationship started through a service relationship with me being the customer of HostGator. And Every time I have a problem, it never fails. It's always a Saturday afternoon and I'm at the on the soccer field. All I have to do is literally send a tweet to HostGator. They enter a ticket and they solve the problem for me. And so doesn't matter if it's my fault, doesn't matter if our site got hacked somehow, they help us recover as quick and as fast as they can. So huge kudos go out to HostGator and I think really integrating uh, social service. They have their friendly little alligator, what is it, Snappy, and he's able to nurture relationships, be funny, and I encourage you to check out. We just recently had them as a guest on our Get Real Chat Twitter chat. I encourage you to go to getrealchat.com and check out 
out the transcripts for that conversation. It's really interesting. And they will be back to talk to us very soon again on Get Real Chat. And then we're going to be doing a co-hosted webinar with them too, talking about some things. And we'll be digging into what they're exactly doing on social. So keep an eye out for that. Another example is AT&T. And I wrote up a case study on this a couple years ago where they do the same type of thing as what I was talking about with United Airlines. They're there for the good. They're there for the bad. And I had a problem with a one of their online business uh, account platforms, and they were able to help me solve my problem through Twitter without me ever having to call anybody. And I remember I was headed out of town, going to a speaking engagement, and when I got back, my new phone was in my mailbox and problem was solved. Boom, happy customer. Next example is Outback. And this is another real-time scenario we're working through. So Outback Steakhouse is here local. We live in a booming community outside of Orlando. It's called Lake Nona, and it's a medical city. So we don't have a lot of restaurants around here. And Outback Steakhouse is one of the only nice steakhouse restaurants we have in the close vicinity. And I'll tell you, their service is terrible at this particular franchise. So there have been a couple times we have literally had to walk out the last time we were there because we were there for so long waiting on our food and we don't walk out of restaurants. So you need to know that's not something we do. So when we do that, it's really, really bad. But we have been working with their corporate office and I know now that they have hired, they told me the other day it was like seven more people and they're really trying to fix the issues. But a lot of that has happened through communication with the corporate office. And it took going to corporate from our Twitter account and saying, help, I sent a picture one night of this burnt chicken that I got uh, through their takeout. And you know we got follow-up from the corporate office from that tweet. And now we're seeing actions being taken and and new processes being implemented and problems being solved at that local franchise level. And this is near and dear to our heart because we work with a lot of franchises. So we've worked with the, we work with the service master family of brands and we worked with some other restaurants, including uh, Marco's pizza and others that I can't mention on this podcast, but we know how things should be running in a franchise and that's not how they should be running. So when corporate can take responsibility for that and reply to you immediately within five, 10 minutes through a tweet, they're doing something right. So good job out back. Similar scenario with Panera Bread and in our local area, the local franchise has quite a few issues, but they are listening on social and we are seeing them reply. We're seeing them nurture relationships. And we've had some major issues when we go through the drive through with Panera Bread, but they're getting solved now. And so now I've been in corporate in communications with their corporate office and telling them the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're, I'm seeing some, some processes being implemented. So I think as consumers, as long as you do it in a nice way and not a way that you just want to make a fool of that brand, I think you really can help implement change. But it's up to the corporate brand to not put up that language barrier. You need to be willing to hear that feedback because if you are a franchise owner, a franchisee owner, you want all of your franchises to be successful. You want them to to grow and to nurture relationships with that local community. And that corporate office can absolutely do that and help each of those franchises be more successful. 
And then last but not least, I couldn't do one of these types of conversations talking about positive brands on social if I didn't mention Chipotle, because there's not a time that I don't check into Chipotle and say, hey, I'm having an awesome burrito that they don't reply. So I think Chipotle is one of those brands that wins that award for for just being nice and friendly. So uh, anyway, give those brands a look and see what you think about what they're up to. And uh, I encourage you to check out the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think we can all learn from them. I think we can learn from what are the things that are coming through as themes and things that are consistent, whether it's good or bad. We can try to make sure we don't emulate the bad and try to make sure that we do emulate the good. But the key for today is I hope that I've just inspired you to make sure that you and your brand are not putting up language barriers and that if you have avoided social media thus far, that you really take a look at how you can better leverage it to nurture relationships because it's truly not just all about you. It is about how can you serve your customer? How can you nurture relationships with your existing and your potential customers, community, and partners? Best of luck to you. I know that your time is limited and I thank you for spending 30 minutes with me today on the Social Zoom Factor podcast. Have an amazing day and week. That's a wrap. If you're ready to Zoom your business and Zoom your life, then don't let the end of this episode be the end of your journey. Visit socialzoomfactor.com slash Zoom for incredible free resources and guides. And be sure to join the Social Zoom Factor mailing list so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time on Social Zoom Factor. Zoom Factor.